very seriously, you know, on Sunday mornings when we read it together and hopefully throughout the week when you're reading the scriptures as well. You know, today, and I want to thank Greg, we need to pray for Greg, he's on the school board, and we should be praying for all of our elected representatives. I hope they're part of your prayer list, uh, that God would give wisdom and work through them. Today, the sermon is on what, it, what does it mean to be human, and I kept getting more material. So, for example, on Friday, I was listening to the briefing podcast, which is news and events, and they talked about it from a Christian worldview. The president of Southern Seminary, uh, Dr. Albert, Albert Moeller, leads that. It's about 20 minutes, Monday through Friday. And he emails the articles that he talks about. So there was an article from the Jersey Journal, from Hoboken, Hoboken, New Jersey. And it says, transgender pastor celebrated at renaming service. And the first few paragraphs of the article says, churchgoers attending Sunday service at St. Matthew Trinity Lutheran Church celebrated the renaming of their pastor. The Reverend Rose Beeson has been transitioning from woman to man since last summer, sharing the journey with her parishioners. After giving a sermon on what it what is known in the church as Transfiguration Sunday, the Reverend Tracy Bartholomew, Bishop of the New Jersey Congregation, held a renaming ceremony, in quotes, renaming ceremony, where Beeson would now be called Peter instead of Rose. What does it mean to be human? What does it mean that God created us in the image of God, male and female? He created us in the image of God. That's what I want to get, in, that's what I want to get into for the next little bit. As I was studying for this sermon, all I could think of was a song from the 1960s. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to me, respect, right? And then it goes on. And I looked up the words, and I didn't want to really read them all. So I'll just say respect. You know, we're supposed to respect all people as all people are created in the image of God. All people, male and female, should be treated with the utmost respect because all are created in the image of God. We are God's image bearers. You know, we are not accidents. You are not an accident. You know, just think about what it means to be created in the image of God. God created us in his image, and that is powerful. And if we could just grasp that, I think it would help our culture. It would help our culture so much to know that we are created with intent, with purpose. When you hurt another person created in the image of God, you hurt the image of God. So this morning we continue our Study of God series. Been calling it the study of God and its theology or Christian doctrine. And today we begin a worldview question. What does it mean to be human? This is a worldview question. It's still theology because being a human means that we are created in the image of God. Being human means that we do not own our body. God owns our body. Being human means much more. However, we must understand that our understanding of this broad topic has wide implications on every decision we make and how we view society. It's a theological question. 
wide implications on every decision we make in how we view society. Now, how does this topic, what does it mean to be human, relate to society? Well, do you want to talk about same-sex marriage? You got to come back to what does it mean to be human. You want to talk about transgender? We must talk about what does it mean to be human. You want to talk about abortion? We must talk about what does it mean to be human. You want to talk about sex outside of marriage? We must talk about what it means to be human. You want to talk about gender equality? We must talk about what it means to be human. You want to talk about race relations? As we should. We must talk about what it means to be human. You want to talk about creation and evolution and everything in between? We must talk about what it means to be human. You want to talk about sin and what is wrong with the world? Then we must talk about what it means to be human. You want to talk to people who believe there are ancient aliens who created things and populated our race? They really believe it. It's out there. You got to come back talk about what it means to be human. We have to go back to Genesis. You want to talk about murder and crime and adultery and stealing and punishments and prison reform and the death penalty? We must talk about what it means to be human. You want to talk about hate crimes? We must talk about what it means to be human. You want to talk about parenting? Then we must talk about what it means to be human. You want to talk about education? Then we must talk about what it means to be human. Anything we talk about in worship, on Sunday morning, in Sunday school, in the public life, on the school board, or anywhere else, comes back to this question. What does it mean to be human? Let's turn on the news. Most everything comes back to this question. Remember the hashtag MeToo movement that got started a few months ago? What does it mean to be human? Why should people be treated with respect? And so I have a theme. You are created in in God's image. Here's some application. Live for God. He is your creator. Respect all people. They are also God's creation. Respect yourself. You are God's creation. Greg just read Genesis 1, 26 through 27. He did a fabulous job. But it's on the screen. And we're going to read it just one more time just to help Get it into our minds. Because they say you have to read something about three times before we really get it. Then God said, let us make man. By the way, notice this. Then God said. (laughs) God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle. And over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. There's a theological source called the Moody Bible Handbook, and it says, the study of man is called anthropology, from the Greek words anthropos, meaning man, and logos, meaning word or discourse. Hence, anthropology is a discourse about man. The term anthropology can be the study of the doctrine of man from a biblical standpoint, or it can refer to the study of man. In its cultural environment. The former procedure will occupy this study. This is about the doctrine of man and woman, male and female, humanity, from a biblical standpoint. From a biblical standpoint. From a biblical standpoint, we are created in the image of God. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 shows this. 
you know, we were created male and female. And we are like God and we represent God. Get that. We are like God and we represent God. Everywhere we go, every human being represents God. Genesis 5, 1 through 2. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day when God created man. He made him in the likeness of God. He created them, male and female. And he blessed them and named them man in the day when they were created. These verses are packed. We can just read, you know, come, we can just gloss over them so fast. God created them. Male and female, he created them. We are created male and female for a reason. For a reason. James 3.9 shows that men, not just believers, are creating the image of God. And by men, that means male and female, not just Christians. Every society, every person, every people group, every tribe created in the image of God. It takes male and female both to reflect the Godhead. God created both genders, and both genders reflect God's image. Being created in the image of God shows we are moral, we are spiritual, we are mental, and we are relational. What does it mean to be human? It means we are created in the image of God, and this shows we are moral, we are spiritual, we are mental, and we are relational. God created us to be this way. And I could spend four weeks on each of those four topics. Sometimes we could add, we like to create, don't we? God likes to create. He created us to create and be creative. Being human means we are sexual. And God has called us to marry and to have children. Some cannot have children. And that can be, they can be spiritual parents. Some are called to celibacy. And that is a call of God as well. There's nothing at all wrong with that. That's a call of God. We like to play and have fun, and that is good. There's a book by Chuck Swindoll called The Grace Awakening. Some of us need to read that. Sometimes we make Christianity just so stringent and boring. We add to the Bible. We make tradition equal to Scripture, and we're forbidding things that God called good. That came alive to me last week when I was reading an article that referenced 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3. It's actually called the doctrine of demons. When people are adding certain things to scripture and saying, and forbidding marriage in that context, but also forbidding foods, forbidding certain things. It's the same thing the Pharisees did. The Pharisees were judgmental of Jesus because he did certain things which they said was wrong. But what the Pharisees did... They made tradition equal to scripture, and they added to the Bible. we got to be careful with that. We are created to have fun and to play and to have joy and to have laughter. God wants us to have that. The devil always tries to sweep in, and Swindoll wrote this as a rejection of some of that, you know, ultra-legalistic society that was his background. Being human means that we are learners. Get that. We are learners. God wants us to learn. We will even learn in heaven. I believe that. We are mental. God wants us to use our reason. God wants us to use our mind. We are stewards. God owns our bodies. We must take care of them. And since we are created in the image of God, means that we have hope. This is key. We have purpose. We have value. The conflict of the worldview of the world 
is important because the worldview of the culture is leading to destruction. The worldview of the world, the worldview of the culture is taking away our hope, taking away our value, taking away our purpose. I once heard Chuck Colson say this, culture means cult of the populace. And this cult of the populace is leading to destruction right now. The cultural view is leading to our culture falling apart from the center. We are losing morality. We're losing purpose. We are losing our grounding and our foundational beliefs. And it all goes back to God. It all goes back to what it means to be human. Our lack of a biblical view of what it means to be human is leading to children and adults who lack purpose. Children and adults are lacking identity. Children and adults are lacking meaning. Children and adults are lacking value. We all have value, meaning, purpose, and identity because we are created in the image of God. We are not accidents. Currently, physician-assisted suicide is being legalized in many states and in many countries. How is a Christian to respond to this? We have to go back to what does it mean to be human. We, we must respond with grace and with truth. Truth teaches that we are created in God's image. Truth teaches if God created us, we do not have the rights over our bodies. We are just caretakers. We are just stewards. But grace teaches we must love all people, sympathize with pain and with suffering without compromising the truth already stated. In some European countries, physician-assisted suicide is legal even with young people when mental illness is present, even with teenagers. I have an article about that which I posted in the sermon manuscript. For those of you that received that, uh, you're welcome to look at it. By the way, in your bulletin, I thought it'd be fun. We have a crossword puzzle. No, it's a word search. Thank you. Word search. Uh, don't do it now, so maybe I shouldn't have said anything about it. <laughs> I told Jennifer, put this in the bulletin, and she said, are you sure you want that in the bulletin? And I said, you know, the Bethel Friends Congregation would never do anything like that during the sermon. We wouldn't do that, you know. Um, but there's certain words uh, referenced in the sermon today. You can look that up and have fun with it at home. But in the sermon manuscript, I have an actual article about physician-assisted suicide. How is a Christian to respond? Listen, I do not deny, and none of us should deny, that people are hurting. I believe people are hurting. I do not deny that people have real and painful mental illness. I just believe the following. We do not have the right to take life. Taking a life does not, does not fix the problem. We must give real and true hope from the biblical world view. They need Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. Our world, our culture, our cult of the populace needs Jesus. Having Jesus means a biblical worldview which recognizes we are created in the image of God. We have a purpose. We have meaning. We have identity. We have value. Jesus gives hope and comfort through the church, the word or the Bible. And the Holy Spirit. But we have a nature that has fallen from grace. 
And this is not originally what it means to be human. I don't know if you have heard it. I've heard it. Many times people will say, well, I'm only human. And they say that when they make a mistake or when they sin or mess up. Now, making a mistake is not sin. There's nothing wrong with making a mistake. Jesus never sinned. But if Jesus was playing baseball and his dad was teaching him how to throw, the, throw a pitch, he would have had to learn and he would have thrown it wrong a few times. That's not a sin. Making a mistake is not a sin. A, a sin is different. But we were not created to sin. God created us good. Being, a human does, being human does not mean sinning. It does because we're fallen. It does because of Genesis 3, 1 through 7, which I'm not going to read it again because Greg did a really fabulous job reading it. But we are in a fallen human world today. And because of that, we have a conflict of two natures. On one side is, you know, the Holy Spirit for the Christian Calling them to live a life of godliness and holiness and righteousness. That's what God wants us, that's how God wants us to live. On the other side, we have that sin nature trying to make us live for the world and not for God. It's much like Spock in Star Trek. He was half human and half Vulcan. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Shouldn't even go there. <laughs> In Genesis 9, 6, it shows that even after the fall, even after the fall, we are still God's image. Sin did not keep us from being God's representatives, being created in the image of God. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so part of being created in the image of God, part of being human means we can only be saved through Jesus. As humans, we are created good. God created us good, but we fell from grace. We sinned against a holy, righteous God. We must understand that as part of human history, we fell from grace, and we must trust Jesus for redemption. Understand that every time you turn on the television the radio or the computer or your smartphone, you're seeing images and ideas that are contrary to what the Bible says it means to be human. Understand every time you read the newspaper or an article or a book, you're reading contrary ideas to what the Bible teaches it means to be human. We need our worldview, we need our viewpoints to come from the Bible, from this book, and not what we see on TV or on the news or on the media, this will teach you what it means to be human. And only this. This, unless you're reading your Bible app, will not teach you what it means to be human. Or unless you're reading this sermon. But if you're reading this sermon, only trust the words of the Bible. Why is that statement important? It's important because our children and even our young adults and even all age groups are maybe at worship for one hour a week and Sunday school another hour or so if they come to Sunday school, and hopefully they do. And maybe at Wednesday night youth group or, when, or, or maybe even for you, Wednesday night Bible study for another hour a week. So maybe that's three hours. But you're in the world every single day. So when you are in the world, you must be in the Word. <laughs> you got to start your day with the Bible. 
You have to turn on the Bible. You have to listen to the audio Bible when you're driving or other things. You've got to feed yourself from the Word of God to let the Word of God do the work of God and let the Word of God reign supreme. There are many different worldviews out there. Existentialism. Says, I must find meaning in my life because there's no meaning of my life. So existentialism is another worldview in contrast to the biblical worldview. Nihilism. Life is nothing. It's empty. I need to do anything I want. There's nihilism in the Proverbs. Whoever finds wisdom finds life and receives favor from the Lord. That's God's way. But whoever fails to find it harms himself. And all who hate it love death. That's just the nihilism way. Proverbs 8, 35 through 36. There's nihilism in rock. There's a rock band called Korn. I don't really listen to them. I read this. You told me everybody was my neighbor. They took advantage of me. I wish I hadn't watched you. I hate you. This is music out there that's being fed to our minds and to our children's minds. And, and we've got to understand, get our worldview from the Bible. There's hedonism. Life has no purpose other than pleasure. Go for it. That's not what the Bible teaches it means to be human. There's humanism. I must make the world a better place for humans. If you watch Star Trek, it has the humanism worldview. It's teaching that human beings will make the world perfect. It's not the biblical worldview. I still watch it, but I understand that the worldview of Star Trek is not the biblical worldview. Julian Huxley of the American Humanist Association says, I use, I use the word humanist to mean someone who believes that man is just as much a natural phenomenon as an animal or plant. That his body, mind, and soul were not supernaturally created, but are products of evolution. And that he is not under the control or guidance of any supernatural being or beings, but has to rely on himself and his own powers. These are worldviews in contrast Rubbing up against the biblical worldview. Feed yourself from the Bible. Children need to be taught the biblical worldview. Teenagers need to be taught the biblical worldview. Young adults need to learn the biblical worldview. Parents need to study and teach their children the biblical worldview. We must take this seriously. Everyone must embrace the biblical worldview. Knowing Jesus and embracing his worldview is the only hope for our society. We must change the cult of the populace. We must transform culture. We must redeem the times. People need the hope of what the Bible says it means to be human. And this week, this is as relevant as any week because of another school shooting. We are teaching our society that they are accidents, that there's no purpose, that there's no value, that... You know, all these other things, rather than that God created them, God is the owner, God created us with purpose, with value. And we have the perfect storm going on in our culture right now because of this. The Bible tells us we were created in the image of God. We have sinned, but we are redeemed in Jesus. The Bible tells us we have purpose. We have purpose because we were created by God. The Bible gives us purpose and meaning and hope from Genesis to Revelation. The Bible tells us we are God's special creation, and we reflect the creator. 
We are his special creation. We glorify God because we reflect him. You are created in God's image. Live for God, who's your creator. Respect all people. They are also God's creation. Respect yourself. You are God's creation. I have two more quick applications. We love all people. All people groups are created in the image of God. We must love all people, even if they do not hold the Christian worldview. We need to love them and share Jesus with them. We need to serve all people. There should not be negative talk about other races or culture groups. When we talk about them, we talk about the image of God. When we harm another human being, we harm the image of God. And we even see this worldview in children's books. So I've been reading A Little House in the Prairie with my girls. And we are almost finished with the third of the books, the actual A Little House in the Prairie book. And you notice things that are written in there. Things like, the only good Indian was a dead Indian. Or things like, Pa says, when white settlers, settlers come into a country, the Indians have to move on. The government is going to make these Indians far, move these Indians farther west anytime now. That's why we're here, Laura. White people are going to settle all this country, and we get the best land because we get here first which we didn't, and we take the best land because we get here first and take our pick. Now, do you understand? Now, it doesn't mean don't read the books. It doesn't mean we were all bad. Historically speaking, because I love history, cultures have always done that, and it was never right. The Trail of Tears is a stain on our country. Quakers actually went in and tried to learn the language and share the gospel with Native Americans. So I think these are teachable moments for children. I think it's an opportunity when I'm reading this book to Mercedes and Abigail that I stop and say, look, they, made us, they might have said that, but that was not right. The only good Indian is a dead Indian. That is not right. We are all created in the image of God. It's an opportunity to teach children that the Native Americans and the Chinese and the African Americans and every culture group is created in the image of God. And every culture group is loved by God. And every culture group needs the gospel just as much as we do. The other thing is we get to minister to people. We minister to ladies through the Beatitude House because they are created in the image of God. You probably can't see that picture. It's a Facebook picture. Last week, the Beatitude House invited myself and Tim Burns to go down for their Valentine's party. And they wanted to recognize Bethel Friends Church for our generous giving to them. What an honor it was to meet those ladies and meet their children and spend time with them. They are created in the image of God just as much as everyone else. Live for God. He is your creator. Respect all people. They are also God's creation. Respect yourself. You are God's creation. Turn to Jesus. He is the only hope of the world. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you that you give us hope. I thank you that you create us in your image. I thank you that we have value and we have purpose. Oh God, you created us with purpose. With value. And there's a lot out there. A lot of people that need to learn that awesome truth that we are created in your image. We are not an accident. Man, humanity, male and female, we're a distinct creation, a special creation. And you take value in us. You love us. 
You love us so much that when we fell from grace, you came and you lived amongst us and died on the cross for our sins and rose again. You call us to turn to you, God, and to accept your free gift of salvation, to confess our sins to you, to repent and turn to you and follow you. You give us purpose. Help us and help our society to know that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together.